does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Looks like we're going to have to force Buckner join us here in just a few seconds, but I would guess that. Granted, we've got a couple trench guys, so maybe that's a good question to throw towards them. Yeah, well, should that be my first question to DeForest Buckner? I, I think that's a fine lead into him. Which which do you least look forward to? Welcome to camp, right? What's this, year eight for him? Yeah, I mean, there's got to be an element of like, damn. <laughs> I mean, isn't there? I mean, wouldn't you say that he is the – And we're talking uh, about a dude that's in insane shape. Like I, six I seven two ninety looks like a power forward the, the NBA. He's the veteran captain leader of the team. Wouldn't you say at this point? Certainly the def- yeah yeah I I, I well I, mean, I may, maybe Ryan Kelly on offense but yeah certainly on the defensive I mean, side. I mean six of the ball. and one half dozen the other to a great extent right yeah yeah um, I I personally would think that you know the the film sessions in general I would think would get really old really yeah. quick you know uh, but he joins us now so we can ask exactly that question to Forrest Buckner here. As we are getting set for Colts training camp, and that means that he is the first player to join us. And, and we were just discussing this before, so I'm curious your standpoint on it. From a player's standpoint, if you had to say, which becomes more laborious or, or just kind of like uh, like eye roll when you look at camp? Working out in the practice, in the heat, or the meetings and the film sessions? The meetings and film sessions, for sure. You know what I mean? Those are the, the things that drag out the day so long. You know what I mean? Obviously, it's it's needed, you know, watching the film and, you know, going over, you know, just all of the X's and O's standpoint and uh, obviously getting better yourself, watching yourself, you know, learning the little things that you need to get better. But those are the the, the long – those will make the day so long and drag them all out. I, is it hard to stay awake sometimes? It is, yeah. Because <laughs> you're practicing and you go in there and you're like, oh, my gosh, yeah, you're right? exhausted, especially being out in the heat. So, you know, yeah, you, you got to find ways to stay up. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big sunflower seed guy. So, you know, I, I just – just I go through bags of sunflower seeds throughout training camp. Of course, I know you're not maybe a huge, huge social media guy, but we, you know, made the announcement you're going to join us on the show tomorrow. And so you had fans kind of react to the tweet. Yeah. What do you think was the most popular question fans wanted us to ask you in joining us here on this Tuesday morning? And I would say maybe a slight hint would be think off the field. Off the field? Uh, Let's see. Something about with the Beer Olympics I was part of. Uh, uh, Look at all over it. A month ago, the Beer Olympics champion, I would venture to guess a large part of our listening audience has taken part yeah. in a Beer Olympics. Uh-huh. For those that don't know, how did this develop with your former teammate, George Kittle? Yeah. And is there a trophy? Is there a mantle? How proud was your there wife? Is, there is. Yeah, she's very proud. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, no, so, um, you know, George hit me up about a, a month beforehand and maybe a month and a half beforehand, like while we were in OTAs. And he was just like, hey, bro, you want to be my partner in this Beer Olympics that, uh, you know, Taylor Lewan and Will Compton's putting together. And uh, I was just like, yeah, just let me know where and when, and I'll be there. And really because, you know, every year George and his wife and you know, their family, they, they throw a big thing called Kittle Fest every year, you know, out of Nashville where they live. And um, so he was just like, you know, you know, we were out there last year, and, you know, George and I were beer pong partners 
and we, we I think we won like 18, 19 games straight. Oh, boy. Oh, we were on the table all day. Wow. Yeah, so, you know, we kind of sparked from there, and, you know, you know, obviously the Beer Olympics got all these different events, and, you know, we drank a lot of beer that day. So, yeah. like, I know I know Buck can hold his own, so. Beer pong your specialty? Are you a flip cup? Are you, what, what would you I say? I say flip cup okay. and beer pong, you know. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. impressive. Big guy with big hands. Yeah. I would think the beer pong would be no, a little yeah, difficult. I mean, you got some touch. What, what kind of beer touch. was it? Uh, that's a great question. I'm not sure because they were just filling up the pitchers. Yeah. So Do you have what's your favorite kind of beer? Uh, you know, I'm a big lately. I've been liking. I always go to like stay light. So you know, Michelob Ultra. You know, sure. in the off season when I'm training. Smart in the beer Olympics. You know what I mean. But uh, I like a good Modelo. Yeah, um, Modelo's good. Yeah, yeah, I love. Uh, I love uh, all the. I like trying different IPAs. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm right now one of my favorite IPAs is that zombie dust out here. Oh yeah, yeah. I love yeah. zombie yeah. dust. Osiris is good. So yeah, you Osiris literally is good too. Osiris. Yeah, I like yeah. Osiris. So all pro, Pro Bowl, Beer Olympics—they're all kind of on the same shelf together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is definitely. that right? Okay. right. <laughs> nah, yeah. So, so uh, George is holding the uh, the trophy at his house. Got it for us. Yeah. In, Got in it. reality, in the off season, when do you start? Take me through kind of the both mentally and physically mm-hmm. when you. When you can play a little bit, and then when you say, like, okay, you know, the way things are now with OTAs, you know, there's really no long consecutive periods. So mm-hmm. when do you have to kind of start basically where you pump the brakes? You're like, okay, I've got to start getting back into the mindset physically and mentally for camp itself. Yeah, usually, um, especially, like, after – you're talking about after OTAs? Yeah, just in general. Like, oh, in once general. the season ends to oh, when okay, the season okay. begins yeah. again. I mean, um, what's usually, the schedule? Yeah, usually I'm, like – as soon as the season's done, I probably take about three weeks just to let my body heal, you know, rest up. And then I start hitting, like, some light conditioning. Um, what is that, about early March? Um, some light conditioning, uh, light weightlifting and stuff like that. And then, you know, I start ramping it up, you know, as we're going, getting closer to OTAs. And then, obviously, after OTAs, when we get done and we break, usually, I mean, we got a, we lost a week because, you know, obviously, new coaching staff. Uh, so, you, you know, you, get a, you have to stay an extra week or so and so you know this year i kind of just rolled right stayed right into it and um you know went out to clemson with uh the group that i normally train with this year we're out in clemson we trained i trained there for about a week and a half and then after that we i took the took my little time off about nine days with the family uh we went to uh italy you know for a wedding um good family friends and then right after that flew back to california with the fam and then i went directly back to South Carolina and started training again um, just to work off the vacation. Which part of Italy? Uh, we went to um, – so the wedding was in Rome. and then uh, But we started off in Sorrento and uh, visited like Positano, Capri, and yeah. I hear it's amazing. It's amazing, yeah. The Mafia Coast yeah. is amazing. Uh, DeForest Buckner with us, year eight for him. Um, I asked you this question in the spring, but for this audience, I, I feel like – I thought you gave a really good answer, so I'll kind of ask it to you again. Um you see what happens with Stephon Gilmore in the mm-hmm. offseason. Yeah. You see the drafting of a quarterback with mm-hmm. 13 college starts. Yeah. It's hard not to see on paper, like, oh, my gosh, this is a rebuild, mm-hmm. or, you know, power ranked here, this and that. Was there any part of you that saw what happened with, with, with Gilmore and thinking, man, I, I'm, I'm 29, yeah. I've been in a Super Bowl, I know mm-hmm. what that feels like, yeah. I want to go in there and say, what are we doing here? Yeah. Can, can, can you move me? Was there any thought of you to say that? Because we do see that around the league mm-hmm. where guys that are older and still really accomplished players, they do want to be at, yeah. a, at a on a team that might say a little bit more win now on paper. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, 
Yeah, like I said, with with uh, with Steph, you know, going into year 11 for him, uh, you know, he he had his own decision to make, and you know, especially with his family and everything, and uh, just the way he felt, you know, which totally understandable, you know, with the vet that he is, the high caliber player that he is, you know, he wants to go win now, and um, you know, I'm the same way, but uh, you know, I had a, like I said before, I had a great conversation with with Chris. And, you know, he it was basically, you know, just trust me. And, you know, I trust him. You know what I mean? I've trusted him up to this point. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like we, we do have key players that are ready to win now. And, you know, if we can get the get the young guy, you know, uh, you know, get him get him under our wing and, and really, you know, help him, you know, along the way, I think he can really help our team, you know, take our team to the next level. DeForest Buckner is our guest. We're at Colts training camp here in Grand Park. So, the reality is this. There is no denying the kind of player that Shaquille Leonard is. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is a difference maker when he's on the field. Mm-hmm. We don't know when he's going to be on the field. Is there a danger in going about this camp, DeForest, defensively speaking, under the assumption that you're going to have him all year? Or do you go under the assumption that you're not going to have him and then he's – gravy if in fact he gets healthy and is able to go how, how do you guys approach it yeah i mean right now I, I mean you can't tell anything you know what i mean you can't really tell anything especially um i mean we we, we just reporting his report day you know so you can't think too far ahead so for me i know i'm thinking just one day at a time you know we see how where where all the chips fall at the end of training camp where our team's at where the defense is at offense is at but i mean all you can do right now is take it one day at a time you know what i mean and um uh, I know Shaq's working his tail off to get back on the field with us. And you know what I mean? And, uh, you know. And, and you feel for him because it's no fault of his own. No, I mean, you know what I mean? Not. It's it's yeah. it's different if it's a contract thing or something like that. Yeah, but, I yeah, mean, yeah. But it's the body. Yeah, right. And, you know, he's he, he's been pushing himself to get on that field. You know, uh, and last year, you know, he, he might have got too anxious to get on the field and, you know, um, obviously had a little setback. So, um, you know, he knows – how his body feels and where he's at, and I, I've just, you know, seen him today. You know, he, you know, he's his 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 same self. You know what I mean? Full of energy. So it's going to be exciting to see what he's going to be able to do coming into this training. Camp. Are you guys schematically different in terms of your preparation with or without him? In other words, do you come up with different looks and different things? if you're going with, say, EJ and Zaire Franklin, who've done a nice job mm-hmm. filling in, versus if he's in there, does it change the way that you line things up or do things? I don't think so, no. No, not at all. And um, the the one thing about, about Shaq is, I mean, like you said, he's a difference maker. You know what I mean? He's a he's a ball hawk. And, I mean, he's been like that his whole career. I mean, just the – we always talk about it all the time. There's, there's some guys that just got it, you know, and he's got it. You know, he there's some way, somehow, he's a ball magnet. You know what I mean? He just – I mean, the first first game back. I mean, one of his first games back last year against the Commanders. Um, Tyquan and I are standing on the sideline, and we have and we went through a little stretch where we didn't have a turnover. You know what I mean? Last season, and Shaq's Shaq's playing in the game, and I look at him. I'm like, Shaq's about to get the first turnover. Yeah. You know that. You know uh, of the game, and you know first one that we had in a while. And he, Ty Lue just looked at me. He was like, for sure. And just just like that. I mean. One drive later, he gets a pick, and we're like, "This is ridiculous." You know what I mean? Yeah, he, he's just a magnet. Yeah, he's a he's a magnet. You can at least count for, count him for one at least one, um, every game. So, DeForest Buckner is with us again. Year eight for him. If unless I'm totally missing something, I think the only top ten picks on this roster are you and Anthony Richardson. Hmm. Um, unless I'm totally forgetting somebody. Obviously, Q. 
Q. Okay, thank you for that. Qu- yeah, yeah. Quentin would, would be three. Obviously, like physical stature. I mean, yeah, you, yeah. Quentin, An- Anthony. I mean, you guys are all you know outliers and kind of unicorns at your individual positions. Um, what were your spring impressions of Anthony Richardson? I mean, I mean, the kid's special. I mean, you can see why they drafted him. You know, fourth overall. Just the well, his, his physical stature. I mean, the guys uh, when he first came in on his his little visit in the off season. I mean, I thought he was a DN. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Just the way he looks. But uh, yeah, I mean, just seeing his his pocket presence. You know, that's one of the biggest things I noticed. You know, when he's you know under pressure. You know, just being able to still look downfield and feel out the pocket. You know, extend plays. You know, he made some big time throws throughout practice. Some nice touch throws too. So, um, just seeing the potential that he has. Um, to be a great player, you know, obviously, you know, it's a lot of it is on him with putting in the extra work. You know what I mean? Staying, staying late, coming in early, uh, making sure you get those mental reps, and you know, watching a lot of film. But uh, if he gets all that done, I mean, he's gonna be able to, he's gonna be a special player. How much can you, DeForest Buckner, assist him? And do you do this kind of thing where you may say, if you're going through some drills or reps, and you see somewhere where he telegraphed, or you see where as you are moving in, you can tell the pocket's about to collapse on him, and you think to yourself, a veteran would have done this as opposed to what he just did. Mm-hmm. Do you go to him and say, hey, listen, from a defensive standpoint, you showed me what you're about to do, and mm-hmm. let me show you how. No, do yeah. you have those conversations? No, yeah. Um, you know, obviously, throughout training camp, I'm definitely going to have those conversations. You know, just little tendencies that he, he might have that we notice or pick up, you know, watching film or even on the field. I'll definitely approach him and, and let him know, like, hey, from a defensive standpoint, like – you you're doing this and it gives this away or whatever. Whenever you do, you know, when you're about to, whenever you're about to run this play, you know, you tend to do this or little things like that or even like the the way you know certain quarterbacks escape the pocket. You know what I mean? As a defensive player, as a D lineman, you know, those are one of the biggest things we look at is you know when a quarterback's under pressure, what's his go-to? Does he like to spin out the pocket? You know what I mean? Does he, he does he favor his you know his throwing side? Obviously the to run out or little things like that. We always or is he a step up guy? You know, step up in the pocket and um, you know so. You know, all we got to do is push the old lineman back and then fall back inside, and it's an easy sack. You know what I mean? Little things like that, I'll definitely have those conversations with them. Do different quarterbacks telegraph in different ways? Do they some do. guys, is it be at their feet? And does it take you – how long as a defender does it take you – how many times do you have to see a quarterback before you know, okay, I've, now I know his body Yeah, no, you. really just uh, – I mean, really just watching film. And over the time, how long the guys have been in the league, um, you can really see their ten- like how they like to escape the pocket. You know what I mean? And um, – those are the things, like, in the game, like, you go into, okay, he likes to do this. You know what I mean? He likes to spin out and go this way, you know, when he's under pressure. Or, Who's the one that keeps you awake at night where you're like, I just can't get a read on this guy? Yeah, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's probably a pretty obvious answer, yeah, right? Yeah, Lamar Jackson. Uh, yeah, he's one of those guys that are just sneaky shifty. Does Anthony Richardson have Lamar Jackson tendencies? Potential, I should say. Potential? Yeah, yeah I, I think so. You know, um, I feel like uh, with his size and his speed, he's a, he's a good mixture of – um, you know, with Cam Newton and, and Lamar. You know what I mean? I'm just talking – I'm not talking skill set, like like throwing ability. I'm just talking about his physical stature and runability right. as a mixture of Cam Newton and, and Lamar. Yeah, you, I mean, you brought a pocket presence earlier. I remember when, you know, you guys drafted him. That was the first thing Chris Boward said coming in the media room of, like, mm-hmm. poise. Like, yeah. you know, he's not deer in headlights when all of a yeah. sudden the pass rush gets mm-hmm. in his face. The eyes don't drop. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, you see that a big thing with, you know, even some pro guys. And, but, uh, you know, you see a lot of those with the, the young quarterbacks, you know, coming into the league. You know, they – 
you know, they feel that pressure, just, you know, their eyes come down and they start looking around the pocket and how to escape and little things. But uh, I noticed, like, he kind of he tries to keep his eyes downfield, which is which is awesome for a young guy. Okay, last one, and this is relevant to my co-host here, Jake, who is in turn three on the radio call of the Indianapolis 500. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, your last tweet was about the last lap of this year's Indianapolis 500, calling it electric. Mm-hmm. Were you tuned in to the 500, all, all would, 200 laps? Or, no, not all 200 laps. Okay. I, I was busy that day. But uh, I, I I got to ca- catch the tail end of it. It was, it was wild. Ama- it was amazing. You know yeah, what's amazing awesome. is the radio call of that. That's what no, you <laughs> Stroke his ego a little bit more. <laughs> I'm sure it was. Uh, I, I was going to ask this before we let you go. I mentioned this off the top. You were born in Hawaii, right? Yep. You went to high school in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. How old were you the first time you left the island? First time I left the island, um, I was young. Um, I went to a family reunion out in Tennessee for my dad. Okay. Yeah, because my dad's from Knoxville. Because so it was, is well, it, I think I was in second grade. Because are there a lot of your classmates, for example, that other than going maybe to like Disneyland in L.A. I mean, I would just think in Hawaii, a lot of people never left, never right. left the island. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, like yeah. I have a friend that moved out there, and he said after like two years. I mean, it's paradise. It's beautiful. Yeah. I've been there, but after like two years, he kind of got like an island fever because it's like, oh my gosh, yeah. Like, where do you go? Like, no, right, where do you sure. vacation? Right? Yeah, I mean, no, where, sure. where the hell does somebody from Hawaii spring break? Right, and you then, know? Uh, and it's crazy because uh, yeah, I've I've known some people that uh, a lot of people that. Just never, never been on a plane. You know what I mean. Just stayed on the island, and um, you know, to each his own. But for me, I just, you know, from when I was when I was young, I always wanted to get off the island and and explore more. So dreamed of living in Indianapolis, Indiana. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Beautiful Westfield, Indiana. Right. Here, right. year eight for DeForest Perfect. Buckner. DeForest, stay healthy. Thank Appreciate you, y'all. and uh, good luck this season. Thank you for having. Me.